Hey, what's good, everybody? Hey, are you an educator struggling with time and money? I mean, are we all? <laughs> well, I want you to meet my friend Alex Sierra, a certified financial planner with Cetera Investors, and he's here to help. Specializing in working with educators, Alex understands the challenges we face from low pay to complex retirement systems. His team specializes in holistic financial planning, focusing on your goals and creating actionable plans to improve your chances of success. Visit his website at www.toriandalex.cetarainvestors.com slash tudope, T-O-O-D-O-P-E, to schedule an initial virtual consultation with Alex. Mention the code TUDOPE on your meeting and receive 25% off their subscription-based financial planning packages. You can get more info and a link to their website in the podcast description. Cetera Investors is the marketing name of Cetera Investment Services. Securities and insurance products are offered through Cetera Investment Services, LLC, doing insurance business in California as CFG STC, Insurance Agency, LLC. Member FINRA slash SIPC. Advisory services are offered through Cetera Investment Advisors, LLC, California Insurance License Number 0L05650. Alexander Sierra CFP is located at 605 East Huntington Drive, Suite 203 Monrovia, California 91016, and can be reached at phone number 626-408-1333, extension 306. I've been telling you you're on assignment. Um, <laughs> that's, an, that's an old school Denver sports radio reference. <laughs> exactly. On man, assignment. <laughs> it's good to have you back. It's good to just have you. Man, we've been, we've been through it. And another time we're going to just do an episode where we talk about everything we've been through the last few months. Um, my name is Gerardo Munoz. I am Kevin Adams. We are merely two public school educators in the city of Denver, and you are listening to the Two Dope Teachers and a Mike podcast. Um, listen, you, we may have some new listeners for this uh, episode with um, Adam Gotska and Nkanga Nsa uh, from the documentary film Teacher. We're going to talk about that in a little bit. So if you are listening to us for the first time, we're still out here on social media. We are on Instagram and X, the artist formerly known as Twitter, um, at Two Dope Teachers. We, we're still hanging on. We're losing followers every day, mostly because I think people are just leaving X. Leaving Twitter. Um, or X, yes. I can't ever X get the Twitter. new name right. I can't either. It's such a stupid name. And my daughter, like it. She gave me the whole like history of how literally Elon Musk has tried to name everything X. And has this he, is, is just that the a latest. thing? That's like his. Yeah, that's finally, a thing. Finally, that's it's a thing. done. I finally and made I think fetch he wanted happen. to change. 
<laughs> and I may I may be spreading misinformation now. I think he wanted to change the name of Tesla to X also. Um, and so, like, no, it's this weird obsession, and he finally made it happen. Uh, congrats. Interesting. To okay. you, Elon. Right. Um, yeah, facebook.com slash two dope teachers and a mic with all the requisite dashes in between words. Um, if you are one of the few, the proud that still wants to support us on Patreon, uh, patreon.com slash two dope teachers. Um, where for $15 a month, you get the amazing, uh, sticker in back of me by our guy, Sham. The, the sticker's a hot topic, man. We gotta, we gotta get t-shirts. Yes. Um, yes. For Christmas. Send one to your mom. There you go. Exactly. Send one to your mom. She wants a two dope nation t-shirt. Um, so yeah, we, and also if you want to email us and shout us out, two dope teachers at gmail.com if you're listening to us on apple Podcasts, give us a five-star rating and review it helps more people find the work um there's always capacity for two dope nation to grow am i right kev that's right that's right always right ever expanded. always right Orders so this is gonna be a, ever that's right can't hold us you barely wait what's the lyric um the, oh, never mind uh, this isn't gonna work yeah, after it's not gonna recording wait, along wait, it, so wait. it's not gonna work it's not gonna work i don't got bars right now folks we're gonna keep this intro fairly brief um and so all the check-ins how we're doing all that that will be in a future episode um kev this conversation that we just had man it's a good one it's a good one i think every educator no matter where you are in your career will be able to relate and will want to go see this film um it just i think we'll we'll feel good like we said after the conversation as, as good as we feel right now, right yeah 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 i mean it's it like it's so rare to to find a a film that's a story of teachers whether it's fictional or whether it's a documentary that is that has fidelity to the realness of the work like literally there's not very many i think one is the doc is the mockumentary chalk yes <laughs> which is brilliant different kind of thing uh shout out morgan spurlock but um so we received a message from um adam gotska um the founder of production house films and uh producer and director of the documentary film teacher and he had said hey just kind of like reaching out and just swinging for the fences. Do you guys want us to come on your podcast? And so met with Adam a couple of weeks ago and we talked a little bit about it. So, so this episode is a conversation we had with Adam who made the film and the amazing teacher Kanga, who is the subject of the film. I mean, it, it was just such a fun conversation, man. What are some things that you think, people um so you said that you feel like everybody regardless of where you are in your career what are some things that you think folks will get out of this film or even just one thing i mean i think first of or all, out of this episode my bad Kang, out of this episode kanga's love love like it, it'll come through her love for her daughter for her parents yeah. for her students for yeah. her colleagues like that that and you just feel it it's so like that's the beautiful part but i think also people are going to get um some confirmation of the things that we've all gone through right that that we have that's difficult right. days that we but we keep right. pushing we drive in particular educators of color we we you know we're driven we're driven and we we don't give up um 
you know, I think it was important for me thinking about like the last couple of weeks, we've had some challenges in our building and, you know, and, but we don't, we don't give up on kids. Right. And there's yeah. been some, some stuff that there's, you know, I, like when you're in a school, there's beautiful stuff. And then there's some stuff that's not so pretty that happens. Yeah. And, and I think, um, this episode reminded me of why I Kega says why we do the work, what gets us in here, yeah. you know, and it, it's just yeah. a great story. I think, um, and like I said, a great reason. I know what my Friday night movie is. Yeah. Yeah. And it's on Amazon prime. All the links are in the show notes. So make sure you check it out for me. Um, again, you said you use the word confirmation and that really resonates deeply with me. Um, to me, it's confirmation that black and brown teachers make schools better. Yep. We sure. need our folks with our babies. And, and to me, that's a non-negotiable. And obviously, that's a fraught statement to make because the conditions are, you know, horrific across the system. Um, but I think, uh, hello, Kat. Um, but I think that um, it's authentic. It's real. Um, but it's also joyful, um, the fact that we could all come together and have this joyful conversation. So want to invite y'all to kick back. Hopefully you have a long drive because <laughs> this, this episode's long and I, and I think rightfully so, I think it's actually longer than the movie itself. <laughs> there you go. Um, that? that's how, we but do. I think when you go, you know, when you, when you go behind the curtain, when inside the actor's studio to borrow from your, um, your way of describing things, um, I think you'll see why, because there's so much depth to this project and go out and buy this film, support production house, support black teachers. Enjoy. Enjoy. All right, people, Kev, the moment has arrived. The moment yes. has arrived. We are so excited for our guest today. And we, and we were just talking about how the city of Chicago keeps calling to us, right? Just keeps calling to us. We exactly. we might have to, like we're so genuinely. My daughter is kind of like, yeah, I'm homesick, but I more just miss you all. Like, why don't you just move out here? Ah, and so, I mean, I'm go. like, hey, listen, I've been in I've been in uh, Denver, Colorado for almost 50 years of my life. Like, I might be ready for something new. You never um, know. Exactly. So, um, folks, we've got a real treat for you, as you know. Um, we have two amazing guests with us today. So um, if you haven't, you got to check out this film, Teacher. It is a documentary that follows the progress of our first guest here, Nkangan Sa, who is the subject of this amazing documentary, which was produced by our friend Adam Gotska of Production House. How y'all doing this evening? Very good. Thank Hello. you for having that's amazing. So um, the film is the film's incredible. And we're, we're going to kind of dive into some of this. So in the first segment, we're going to talk a little bit about um, your experience in the teaching profession and, and some of Adam's interests in this. The second, we'll talk specifically about the film. And the third, we'll talk a little bit about the teacher documentary going forward. Um, so just want to welcome you all to, uh, two dope teachers and a mic. Um, so the film opens with you and Kanga stating beautifully, this is, I, I just, it just, it got me deep. 
when you state that teaching is the perfect profession for a person who wishes to be an island beyond yourself and mm -hmm. at its heart the work is aspirational okay how did you <laughs> arrive at this bit of wisdom it almost makes me want to go back to the classroom almost almost <laughs> i guess i'll take almost right um <laughs> i would say the way that i came into it um Teaching touches everything. It is foundational to the rest of society, right? Um, I think we go into this whole thing about teachers being really important, but just the concept of educating minds, structuring them, articulating uh, ways of thinking, and helping them not only make everyday decisions, but make these huge decisions that impact not only their own lives, but how we function as a global people, right? Um, aspirational in the sense that, man, teachers really want this to be good. Like we really do. We yep. go into it not hoping that it's um, half done or mediocre. Like we really want good citizens at the end of it. I and mean, we think of a world where um, ideally, uh, things go the right way, whatever way that we conceptualize right to be, right? Yep. Um, and you can't do it by yourself. I feel like even right now, I'm trying to get that human energy to come back into me because in teaching, you're constantly in front of people. You're constantly making decisions. You're constantly interacting. Uh, you're constantly connecting. Um, you can't do it by yourself. Even in the moments where I lock myself in my room and I try to take a breather, um, somebody knocks on that door. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah, definitely. And that is one, and we'll talk about this kind of later in, in the conversation, but the, the community that, um, that you are also a part of, I think that is also a star of the film or that you, you know, the one that you came up through the residency <laughs> with. Um, so just an in incredible thing. Um, I think that Kev, I think that what, Kanga's talking about is exactly how you and I met and how we got connected through through just kind of trying to find that community. Kevin, tell the people how I changed your life. No, I'm just kidding. Um, but like um, True. but no, I mean it was but no, I mean it's but it it is one of those things where um the isolation and then and then just like I don't know, I'm trying not to over complicate it, but it's just like caring but feeling invested in other people. It's magical. It's, 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 I don't know, because that's, it's all I've really done. You know what mm -hmm. I mean? But, but I talk to other people, you know, about what they do for a living and, and how they interact with the world. And it, it seems like, you know, educators, we, we are, we're built different, you know, we built different. <laughs> right. I believe. Yeah, definitely. Uh, one thing that we didn't get a chance to really, um, hash out in, in terms of the interview is what the Chicago teacher residency program is. So Nkanga, could you just explain to us just very briefly, sort of high level, this residency program that you took part in, what is the intent behind it? And how is, how is it meant to be different from traditional teacher preparation? Yeah. So one of the key differences with it is, um, everyone who's in it is a second career individual. So these are people who have 
okay. um, done something completely different and for one reason or another moved into teaching. Um, another key difference is that for the full year that you're doing this, you're in the classroom and you're teaching uh, mm -hmm. essentially from day one. Um, I love it because of the communities that it centers itself on. So you're primarily working with um, communities that have less resources uh, that are disadvantaged in uh, various ways. And it's structured in a way where there's it's impossible to not become a part of the rhythm of the community. Yeah, yeah. That reminds me of, of uh, my program, uh, my teacher ed program. It was a year long program, but you started out at, at the beginning of the school year in a school, you know, and I spent the whole year at uh, Gerardo's alma mater, uh, the manual right. high school as the manual high school. here in denver the manual high school and at the now defunct Rischel middle school um a building goes on but a new school you know you know how that goes uh but you it's know more than a lot of places <laughs> and 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 i didn't transition and always students ask me about like how i got into teaching and i was i i i became a substitute out of college um just because i was like i don't know what i was a history major and all the history majors had an education also double major. And I was like, why are you doing that? And, 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 I, and, and I didn't do that. And then I went and became a substitute teacher. I was like, you know what I should have done? <laughs> but that, that, that's how I got into the profession, you know. But I'm always curious about people like you and Conga who have I, had transitioned from something else. So. Tell us about like your transition. What did you do before? What yeah. made you move into being a teacher? Yeah. Um, so I, I feel like every single day I have to sit there and be like, why did I do this? Like, why, why am I here right now? <laughs> yes. Um, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, prior to, right? Like literally I had, I had, yes, every day. Um, Prior to it, it was psychology. Like I, I love psychology. I love research. Um, the specific population that I dealt with were um, AIDS, HIV patients, and really dealing with um, access to uh, health resources uh, and medication, and increasing the likelihood of taking medication. And I loved it. Like, I feel like sometimes people do a second career and they're like, oh, I hated what I did before. Like, I literally loved it. Mm. I woke up. I enjoyed it. Um, it was my jam. It was my thing. Um, and I crafted an entire life to get there. I was like, look at me doing good. Um, and then teaching came. And it's like a beast because it won't leave you. The second it, like, gets into your heart and your head, um, you can't stop thinking about it and you can't stop wondering if that's the right direction to go or um, how do you make it work with what you're already doing? Uh, yeah, the pandemic <laughs> changed everything. Yeah. Uh, I think that oh, yeah. for everybody, right? You started yep. really thinking about um, life decisions, uh, mm -hmm. where you want to be. Uh, what you want the life that you're living to represent in the end. Um, and if your heart is doing what your heart needs to do. 
before I knew it, honestly, I was like, I will be teaching. I I will be teaching. I will be teaching. Uh, it was mm. never a thought in my head. I've spoken to other teachers who were like, you don't really decide you're going to teach. It just kind of comes to you. And it came to me. You don't choose teaching. The pandemic teaching chooses you. Yeah. And all these cliches, you hear them and you're like, no. These people are so whack until it happens to you yep. and you're like, oh no, I'm one of them. I'm one of them. Yeah. No, I think like as, as, as teachers, we're always, there's a little bit of that to us all. You know, there's like, and never you talk to any educators, but I, I think also in particular educators of color, there is this, this deeper connection and calling. You know, oh, like yeah. we said, the black community, like someone's got the calling to preach. I, I think we 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 have the calling to teach. Yes, you know? yes, absolutely. Like I think that you, yeah. There's so much pressure to it as well, to be honest, because you there just, is. Yeah, you just really want to do this right, and you recognize how important it is, um, especially right now, teaching primarily black and brown bodies. And knowing that there's only three of us who look like them in a building, yep, yep. Um, it's yep. intense. It's intense. Like it's a constant a calling, constant reminder that you're in the right place. Yeah, yeah. And so you just so based on your story, did you start during the pandemic? Or no, uh, see, oh, okay. I should have started during the pandemic. To be honest, no, I I feel like <laughs> I pushed this decision as long as I could. I was telling Adam uh, when we were first talking about it. Um, so the, the month that the pandemic happened, my daughter and I were supposed to fly uh, to Africa for the first time, right? Oh, wow. So that's yes. home yes. home for me. So that's birth home. Yes. And I was like super excited. Um, I had just gotten this whole contract from uh, an organization that I've been wanting to work with forever. I've mm -hmm. read it. I was going to sign it. Um, and things just started falling apart in the whole world. And uh, her school sent me this email and they're like, hey, she doesn't have school for the next two days. And I'm like, well, that's okay. Cause we're okay. gonna fly in about two weeks, right? Fine. And then the emails kept coming and it wasn't stopping. And I was like, okay, okay. At this point, um, okay. Like we are in a whole different zone. Um, I have to start thinking about life completely different. Uh, I tried to make both things work. It wasn't going to work. And I realized that like, I loved teaching. I think that, I almost think that the way that society looks at teachers, if you've done something else, you almost don't want to be a teacher, right? You're like, yep. oh, but mm. I can be so much more. And I feel mm -hmm. like my head was going through this whole thing of like, but I can exceed okay. this. No, teaching is hard. And when yes. I finally hit that point where I was like, no, what they do is intense. When you have a three-year-old, four-year-old telling you no, and you're like, we will learn this math today. We are and going like, to do no. this. Yeah, no. It finally hit me that like, this is the coolest profession and I really can't do this. And every single intellectual being that I am is made to do this. Like, this is the type of person that should be in front of students, right? Yeah, 100%. Yeah, I think that's so important because I think a lot of people have those questions and, and and at times people don't understand. It is. It's like the most intellectually stimulating, challenging, oh. problem-solving based 
It, it, and okay. it introduces you to whole new worlds. Like, I mean, it's definitely not boring ever. <laughs> I can say I am not the person who I was when I started teaching. And mainly it's because yeah. of my students and my colleagues. Yeah. They transformed me and how I approach the world, how I think about things. Yeah, even Gerardo. <laughs> even me. Even me. Oh, he misses me messing with him at staff meetings. Oh, can you imagine, I miss you bro? So can much. I, I, can I just don't say, even know. <laughs> can I just say, can you imagine trying to run a staff meeting that I'm attending? Uh, that's that'd be a whole thing. Um, so one thing that is great is, and we'll get into this um in in terms of some of the levity, which I thought was just a really beautiful piece of the film but i want to bring um i want to bring our our filmmaker and storyteller into mm -hmm. the conversation adam gotska of uh production house so um as an independent filmmaker and you and i had a great conversation about this a while back you've chosen to invest time energy and resources to sharing stories of teachers can you speak on that what is it that because this is, and we'll get to this in the last segment of the show, this is, you're hoping to get multiple stories platform, but why, what is it about teacher stories that just feels so important to you right now? Well, I think, you know, I think taking it way back to the beginning is, is where way. I start. So like <laughs> when I first started in the industry, um, you know, I, I in, in the filmmaking industry or communications. Um, I didn't necessarily have an interest in working in education, uh, but those were the types of work or that was the type of work that was available. So I did a lot of work with educational institutions and nonprofits that had small budgets. Um, I, I looked at it as a great opportunity because the stories were so rich. I mean, you guys are just, you guys were just rattling off about your experiences and it's, you know, that's, that's what I was attracted to initially. So, you know, I think I got attracted to the industry, to the industry because it was how I, you know, made a living, but, but I, I was really good at telling those stories because I, I picked up on it right away. I picked up on, um, how special, uh, that environment is, you know, education in and of itself is such a inspirational topic. Like it's one of the, one of the only things that can help or allow uh, for people to, you know, uh, create a path for them to change their lives. And so I was able to really dive deep and find some really rich stories that allowed me to grow as a filmmaker and to push myself and to, to get you know have intimate conversations with people and cover um, the the reality and the authenticity behind um, you know what's going on in the classroom. So you know I did that for a solid ten years before I uh, embarked on this journey. And even the project itself um, started from a, a paid project, right? Like I was I was hired by the residency to do a short documentary, and I met Kanga. Okay and Chelsea. And uh, I think we just hit it off. I, I really do. Yeah. And, um, you know, I have such admiration and respect for, for both of them and everyone that was featured in the film because uh, they just, the work is so important and so hard and they just do it with such, you know, love and care and, um, it just, you know, 
inspired me as a filmmaker because it was it, it was a story that I felt that needed to be told. So, you know, I'm very much a sentimental guy. You know, my favorite movie is Rocky. So I love underdog stories. And I think, Oh my gosh. Oh, the underdogs, man. the underdogs of society um, are teachers, you know, they're, I, they're, you, I, Kevin, don't let him take me into like, I Adam and I, I I'll go into a Rocky. Tent. Like, like the, the whole Creed series has changed my life. Anyway. So underdog Creed changed my life, <laughs> bro. No, we need, we have not talked in a while. It did. <laughs> I need, anyway i need to hear this Good stuff. <laughs> not now no. so and and then chelsea just to um review um try not to give spoilers for the film we want people to actually watch the film because because yep. even yep. just talking about it is insufficient to capture uh the how profound this story so and chelsea was your mentor right conga yeah she was uh she was my mentor Turned to friend, um, turned to sister friend at this point. Yeah. That's awesome. I mean, I think Kev and I, we we had powerful experiences with our mentors and we're, we're still in contact with our mentors. Yeah. I spent 23 years in the classroom and I still chat with Doris every now and then. And yeah. like, it's, it's pretty amazing. Although she, she calls me hijo. We're not like, we're, we're not like friends, but she, she considers me the son that she never wanted. There you go. <laughs> There you go. She has two sons already. I'm the one that she didn't yeah, want. Yeah, yeah, yeah. How to get you? How to pick you up? That's right. That's all right. That's, That's right. No, I, I think too, Adam. Just um, I, I have, I just have a lot of appreciation for this because in in my experience as a researcher, um, as a person who attempts to create the conditions for teacher of color retention. And as somebody who I'm always going to look at things through my teacher lens, like I like teaching is kind of in, in, a, in the professional sense, teaching is my mother tongue um, and everything else I do will always be like my heart that I bring into my work speaks teacher <laughs> my mind when it engages these spaces. I mean, y'all y'all would be shocked or maybe you wouldn't be shocked in district central offices, how little time we spend talking about teachers. Um, and that's something that I'm trying to really bring into, um, my team's amazing, by the way, in case they're listening. Um, but these are, but by and large, we, we talk about education without directly talking about the people most, um, saddled with the responsibility of delivering it. And so, but so as a, as a storyteller, I'm realizing how much, how infinite teacher stories are. Like they're every teacher is a universe in and of themselves and a universe of identity, a universe of experiences, a universe of passion and commitment. And there's not a simple way or a straightforward way to tell these stories. And yet, you know, and it wasn't just Conga's story that came out so nicely in the film. It was also the stories of the other teachers. There was Chelsea, there was Kristen. Um, I think Kristen, right? Um, you know, just, you know, people that were like, I just got a sense of the human that you are in that brief moment. Um, so it's just such an, uh, such an art form, um, Adam, and it's excellent. I just really appreciate you doing that work. Yeah. I mean, I just to add on, you know, I think, I think, uh, I mentioned, I think it's an important, th these are important stories to tell because I think there's just a lot of misconceptions about the profession, you know, 
and what it takes to be a good teacher. You know, not just a teacher, but a good teacher. I think it's hard enough just just to be a teacher, but then to be a good one. It's 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 the the obstacles and the hurdles and and everything else that teachers have to go through. It's it's insane. And so my hope with the film is to at least you know provide at least a a, a snippet or a, be, a behind the scenes look at what it's like, so people have a better understanding of what's going on in schools and what teachers are dealing with. Absolutely. I mean, I love that point because um, it kind of goes to our next question. In the film, uh, former Secretary of Education, Arnie Duncan, you know, he states that there hasn't been a harder time for teachers. And I feel like this, like in my experience, my 19 year career in the Denver Public Schools, you know, 18, which was in the classroom, um, first year as an assistant principal, I think this year and last year, I've heard more educators young or, or um, early in their career service, late service teachers um, really talk about how difficult and challenging it has been. Um, and, and it feels like every year, like there's greater challenges that are emerging. I don't know what level you're at, Conga, but uh, I'm at a, a six through 12 school. And, um, you know, the impacts of COVID, I think socially are very clear when it comes to our middle schoolers and even some of our high schoolers and some of the stuff that they're going through. So could y'all maybe talk about some of the, like just your thoughts on that, that quote, you know, that this is the hardest year for teachers, hardest times ever yeah absolutely i feel like i look at veteran teachers and i get really mad because you all talk about these wonderful times that existed in teaching and i'm like when when am i gonna hit that wonderful time um this is hard it really is it's hard and um the kids are not okay and i keep saying this and the teachers yep. aren't yeah. either yep and yep. it's it's a day-to-day -day experience where you really have to, like when I say I have to ask myself every single day, what did I do and why am I doing this? I do it because I need to recenter myself every single day. Like that's how hard it is to teach mm -hmm. right now. Yeah. It's like, you can't even yeah. glide away from that question on a daily basis. You have to ask yourself, um, what is the purpose behind um literally the trauma that I am voluntarily placing myself in on a daily basis. Wow. There's no way that you can work with a certain population of children um, and not soak that up. Like there's no way that you could, there's days where I have the most beautiful lesson plans. They're so well done. Mm -hmm. They're written. I mean, like I'm excited to print it mm -hmm. and just see the ink on paper and none mm. of it gets done because my kids are in a totally different space. And um, they're not here to talk to me about the main idea of chapter four. Yep. They don't care. They're here to talk to me about why somebody walks into a space and kills 22 people. That's and I just, yeah. And I just have to sit in that for a second. Um, the world that we live in is changing and it's changing fast. And I think that of all the professions that exists, there's no one else that feels it like teachers. 
we get to deal with these bodies that don't always know how to articulate their feelings, um, don't always process emotions correctly, um, don't always know how to regulate um, really strong feelings. And everybody expects us to somehow do that beautifully and gracefully. And it, it's hard. It's really hard. Anybody who's enters teaching right now, I applaud you because this is really not the most uh, glorious time to enter that profession. You know, first of all, thank you for entering this profession. Because no. just, I could feel your heart coming through, you know, across the atmosphere, but, and your love uh, for your students and, and what you do. Um, but it's so important. It's something that I think about all the time, you know, as I've worked with teacher candidates and Arados too, it's, it's like, man, it, it's hard. It's very, very tough. And not to mention, you know, you didn't mention this other part, but also the pressures from administrations, oh, yeah. observations to constantly grow and improve and yeah. get everybody to take the assessment. Yeah, you know, Kev. I mean, now I'm on that side, right? 95% <laughs> is what we're talking, pushing for. Trying Oof. to help people understand, like, no, I how feel, it I, feels yeah. as an educator, you know? That's right. But that's but right. I think that's so Having important. Having a similar conversation today. Because it is. It, it's very hard times. And I don't think everybody always understands that. Even people who are building leaders, district leaders, right? The people who are supposed to support you. You know, and I think that's why I always ask about teachers. Like during the pandemic, there was a lot of thanks for us. Like when 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 homeschool when when online school was happening, and when we came back that first month, they were like, "Thank you, thank you, appreciate." It. <laughs> then then, then yeah. we started to have it was a month home. basically because <laughs> there was a whole other thing that it happened. It was like, oh wait how you behaved at like you were behaving and now you're behaving that way in the classroom. And so we got to talk about this. Yeah. How do we get that behavior back? Right. And then mm. before you know it, you call it too much. Mm. <laughs> you're like, why you call it every day? I don't, everything, everything my child does is wrong. <laughs> yeah. I having, I have great stories about watching my own child go through um, pandemic schooling. Now I'm fortunate she was in ninth and 10th grade. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. so, so she would mostly just turn off her camera, turn off her mic and yell at people that annoyed her in class. And I was kind of like, that's going to be a hard habit to break child. <laughs> like, Go back. You can't do that in person. You're like, I actually uh, thought oh. it'd be sort of darkly funny to have like a, you know, a skit you know sketch comedy about like things that we used to do in pandemic teaching that we can no longer do because we're in person um want to toss the same question over to adam um around the and you sort of touched on a little bit of this in your last response but processing what former secretary duncan said about how there hasn't been a harder time for teachers can you speak on that and just how that lives with you as you try to amplify teacher stories yeah, so um, you know when I when I set out to make this when when I when I made the decision to move forward, I had high hopes. You know, I had high hopes that people um, in positions of power, people that wanted to see change, would 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 look at what I was trying to do and see the value in it, and uh, that never happened. 
you know, and uh, I kept moving along, um, assuming that somebody would help or, you know, support me in this effort. And it never happened. And I think with each no, um, it, it became a little more personal for me, to be honest, because I started to get really upset. Um, sure. Not personal, but I, I started to get really upset because no, it's frustrating. You know, it's it's but but not not for me personally. It's frustrating because the issue is as big as it is, and because yeah. because I came to the realization or I saw how hard it was for teachers, and so to to not get the support from you know corporations, or foundations, or anything like that, it just just kind of made me rethink how change can really happen. Right and how you could uh, uh, move the needle, and I've I've come to the realization, and and I use this now that like I think it's important that if you want to accomplish something or you want to achieve something, that you don't put all of your eggs into someone else's basket. So I was mm -hmm. trying to tell this, tell these stories, or make this film uh, on the based on the hope that other people would help me do it, and that never happened. And so I'm motivated now uh, and, and fired up to, to continue to tell this because I see all, the, all of the issues. And to go back to the question, right? It's never been harder uh, uh, to be a teacher, totally. Um, and I think, you know, what makes it even more complex is that every school, every city, every state is different and they have their own unique challenges. And then on top of that, you throw in COVID. And then on top of that, you just throw in this blatant level of disrespect um, from the general public. And I think it just creates a horrible situation, which is, and, and, and I think that's why we're seeing so many people leave the, the, the profession. You know, it's, it's, it's shocking. It's shocking to me. And going back to what I originally said, it, I'm shocked, you know, I was just shocked that, how little excitement there was around the project, you know, even in the early stages, once it was done, you know, it's just, it's just, I feel like this country doesn't value education the way that it should. And it doesn't value teachers the way that they should. And it's, and honestly, I think that the teacher shortage and all the problems that we have with education is the biggest problem that this country is facing outside of climate change. I think it's a silent killer. It's a slow death. And if we don't turn it around, um, you know, I'm scared for how our kids and the next generations are going to be able to handle the challenges that I'm sure are going to come down the line. So, you know, yeah. that's what's keeping me motivated, you know, is, is to yeah. try to tell these stories and, and, you know, not just have it be a one and done thing, but to, to really yeah. try to continue to tell more stories and build a movement around, you know, getting education to where it needs to be. Yeah, that makes me think of uh, what our mutual friend, uh, Jose Vilson, talks about in his support of EduColor. Um, Kanga, if you are not a part of EduColor, I have an introduction to make for you. Yeah. Um, but uh but he his slogan for supporting educators of color and teacher retention is, is not a moment, it's a movement, uh, mm -hmm. which is also from Hamilton. But I'm going to go ahead and credit uh, Jose yeah. on that. Um, that, um, you know, the 
that it's an interesting statement from Secretary Duncan because I do agree. I spent the last year um, working on a fellowship to um, combat the anti-CRT, anti-LGBTQIA plus and trans, anti-teachers of color and true history rhetoric that is coursing through some uh, corners of our educational system. And exactly what you said, the the level of disrespect and the threat that it poses to our society um, and to to our our basic humanity is is um, it's not lost on me. Um, Dana Goldstein's great book, um, The Teacher Wars, is a really fantastic study. So to your point, Kanga, the um, oh, man, the, the veteran teachers, you know, have a different experience than this veteran teacher. <laughs> um <laughs> Because I think it, I think it was always hard. I think there were always difficulties, whether they mm-hmm. were how I navigated the work individually in this light brown skin, um, or systemic things that would come down the policy pipeline and trying to deal with those. What I will say, and again, I'm not going back to teaching. I feel like the work that I'm doing could preserve more teacher careers than just me mm-hmm. going back, but. Yeah. Um, teaching put me on a path to better learn how to be a human. And I think you made reference to something like that. Like, I don't know that, I don't know that I am philosophically, spiritually the person that I am today, if not for the 23 years I spent as a teacher. Um, But on segment two, we're going to talk more specifically about the film. Um, But before we get into that, um, one of the things that I think is extremely helpful, Secretary Secretary Cardona has been talking about this a lot, is how we need to raise teacher 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 pay. Um, does anyone here oppose the idea of raising teacher pay? I just, I just want to make sure I know my audience. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> right. So raising teacher pay is the bottom rung of the ladder. It's the first thing that needs to happen. But Kev, how um, how secure? Do you feel like your future is as a teacher, um, educator, your financial well, future? I I moved into an assistant principal position from being a classroom teacher. <laughs> you um, found I got, that career. I got a decent raise, but uh, still not totally secure. I mean, I've yeah, I've, I've got I've got a little plan going, but uh, a little plan, a little plan. little plan. Well, you know who else has can help teachers make a little. So when I was a first year teacher, I remember signing my first contract, $25,554 a year. And I'm like, I'm rich. I'm like $25,000. Like just for a year. Like, so, you know, and, and what we know is that teacher salaries don't always lend themselves to planning for the future, but Kev, Kev, our friend, Alex and his wife, Tori at Satara investments, they got some really amazing, innovative ways to try to help teachers start building um, wealth for the future. And so uh, Satara Investments is, uh, th- they're amazing. Uh, Tori is um, the daughter of a teacher. And um, Alex, having married Tori, was like, okay, I guess I care about teachers now. And I'm going to bring That's my right. experience as a CPA and as an accountant to try to find other ways for teachers to build generational wealth, even if society hasn't caught up with compensation. So they have this like cool subscription-based way that they can help build wealth and that kind of thing. So, and Kev, we could even do it if we wanted to. There we go. Why why are we not doing it? I don't know. So 
Well, and that's the thing. So I went to the website. There's, you know, when you schedule a consult consultation, you put in the the uh, the discount code two dope. You get twenty five percent off of um the the work that they start doing with you. And and it's great. It's 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 really interesting to see how we can kind of do this. So number one, let's pay teachers. Number two, let's uh let Alex and Tori help us build a little bit of wealth. It'd be cool, right, Kev, to have some generational wealth. Most definitely. I think that's what we're <laughs> striving for. It's generational we're wealth. We're striving for. Uh we do so Taryn payday wealth. We we want generational wealth. You hear <laughs> payday wealth. You know what that payday it's wealth like, is. Oh, I know that payday, payday wealth. I'm rich today. <laughs> I'm gonna be broke. Today's payday. I'm gonna buy that sandwich. And then and, and then you're like, man, why did I buy that sandwich? Because now I don't have any money. Um, it's we laugh so we don't cry. Uh anyway, there's a link in the show notes <laughs> and uh, on our website if you would like to visit Satera Investments. All right want to get into discussion of the film. So the thing that was really striking to me, so um, I had a chance to view the film. Thank you, Adam. Um, and I, it's, it's striking. It's so wonderfully made the everything from the cinematography, the texture of the shots, like all that stuff is really wonderful. It's, um, it's tender. It's gut wrenching. It's authentic. There's some levity, which I just, it, you know, because that like those moments, I think we'll talk about it a little bit later on. Um, those moments are what humanize the work where it's just kind of like, okay, I'm trying to do a thing for this student and everything I'm trying is not working and, but we're just going to keep trying. And you and Chelsea, <laughs> it's just pretty amazing. So for, for Adam, um, <laughs> You know, what was it? And you shared a little bit with me before, but what is it that led you to say, you know, we are going to we're going to center all of these stories, but we're going to focus on Conga as a primary subject. And then once Adam answers, I'd like to hear from Conga, like what made you decide to allow yourself to be centered? Because there's teachers I know that would have been like, mm -mm, nope, <laughs> I will suffer <laughs> anonymously and in silence. <laughs> so so let's hear a little bit about what that experience was like um, to, to kind of go into that. How did you make that decision, Adam? Sure. I mean, so, I mean, honestly, I think Conga you know, captures the spirit that I think yeah. is needed to turn this ship around, right? I, I feel like she, she made the decision to enter the profession at one of the worst times. She changed careers. She was, um, uh, it was authentic. It was, uh, and you could tell it was real, right? And it, and and the intentions were so pure. And and again, I'm, I'm I'm a lover of underdog stories. And her embarking on that journey is really what captivated me. And I wanted to tell that story. And I thought that that would be a, a story that would be worth telling, and that it could hopefully you know help shine a light on the bigger problems. That that's why. I was attracted to Kanga and, and to her story. So my, my wife is a former teacher, um, started as a 
parent volunteer in our daughter's classroom and then moved into a paraprofessional position, then became an interventionist and then became an ECE teacher. She's no longer teaching. Um, and so she doesn't always like watching films about teaching because it just reactivates a lot of things for her. But there was a point where she absolutely just completely bought into your story, Kanga, and that was with your little one. And um, because she remembers, like, she's like, that is the thing that a lot of people don't talk about is what we have to negotiate when we have children and when we need these babies. So um, again, no spoilers, I'm gonna stop. Kanga, how did it feel having your story centered here? Cause I can imagine it was a, it was, it was a process for you, I can imagine. Yeah, no, it was. Um, first of all, like, this is really not an understatement. Like, I really love Adam. I really do. Um, I would not in any way have done this uh, if the vibe wasn't right. Uh, I'm mm. very quick. And to, to say no, I hold on to that word like no other. And I recognize the power. <laughs> yeah, I recognize the power of that word. Uh, so when I was first asked to do, you know, just a little quick thing, I was like, oh, no, no problem. We can do this really quickly. Um, and then I met him and I was like, oh, this man really believes what he's doing. OK, so the questions kept going and they kept going and they kept going. And I was like, oh, no, I believe in what this man is wanting to do. Um, and the vibes aligned and they aligned enough Um that the foundation for a trusting relationship was starting to create itself. And the more that we did the film, the more that we talked, the more that we talked, the more that he exposed himself, the more that he exposed himself, the more that I was willing to let go and mm -hmm. uh, trust in the process. So, but it wasn't easy. I don't want anybody to think that like I woke up and I was like, this is great. Like, show me <laughs> I'm just gonna be in a movie. Like, absolutely. You know? <laughs> like, watch me keep going darker and darker into a space of like complete oh. darkness, you know? No, there was not an initial yes. Um, but I trusted in my own personal intentions with the film. And then I trusted in his vision for where he was going. Mm. I love oh, that. Man, that's amazing. Love yeah. That. I, I mean, it's relational. I think it's it's at the heart of, of what teachers do, right? Is mm -hmm. is you know, we we want people to take risks and get outside their comfort zone and document and reflect. And I think it's where it connects to filmmakers, Adam, you know, that you want people to share parts of themselves that are, you know, not always always our favorite parts to share but they're important parts to tell the story of who we are you know and 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 that's i think the beauty of, of the film is i haven't had the chance to see the film but in the trailer i noticed you know um it centers black uh women educators i I'm, i would just love to hear uh conga you and adam talk about you know the importance of that choice for this film Yeah, no, absolutely. So I'm a little biased. Um, yes, yes. I think that black women... No, you have a perspective. You have a point of view. <laughs> exactly. I feel like black women are really, really dope. 
Like, yes, say that like again. Say that again. Literally, I'm over here searching. I'm I'm searching for the lie. I don't see it. <laughs> and there is no lie. Like we are so dope. And I think that like when we are determined mm-hmm. um, to do something, man, will we do it? Like, will we do it? And I think when it comes to education, we touched on this in the beginning, right? Um, When you are a person of color and you are in education, yes, there's the weight of education. And then for some reason, the universe throws just like one more pile on you Mm -hmm. um, to the point where you just really, really want to get this right. And you really want to give your all to it. Um, and you will sit there with the second grader and be like, today we will read and you will get this. And if you don't get this tomorrow, we will read and we you will get this. Start all over right. again every yeah. day. Yeah. yeah. And I, I think that seeing that in film, um, especially uh, within a time in history where um, racial relations, again, um, are not where they need to be, uh, to see Black women hitting the mark uh, and then doing it with urgency, doing it with compassion, doing it with a form of grace, um, and then also humanizing it. Uh, Sometimes we're falsely given this perception that we are incredibly strong. To be dope does not mean to be strong. To be dope just means to be dope, right? Uh, right. To humanize it in the film and see us um, do what we do fall apart and come back together and choose mm-hmm. to come back together mm-hmm. I, I i was excited i was excited i was so excited that it came off like that um i noticed it all my friends noticed it uh they were like black women are everywhere and i was like we are, <laughs> we are. <laughs> <laughs> i love being it. here yeah that, that was that's awesome well, and I think that that's a piece, and and I know Kevin wants to wants to uh, comment too. That that was a piece that that was something about the film that I thought was wonderful because there's the aspect of the film that should resonate with the general public. Teaching is really hard. These are the things that teachers yeah. do on the daily, and that they do with total earnest and total commitment and heart. And then there's the part where um where there's a there's we see the struggles of a lesson plan that doesn't go the way we had hoped and i felt that in my chest i'm like wow i i know exactly what you feel right now even with the mask and then and then my favorite part was seeing all of these black women teachers in community together and laughing and experiencing that radical joy and i just want to point out that at, at the most important moments of my own educational career that goes from ECE to my PhD program currently, Miss Neither, Miss Fuller, Miss Ingram, Dr. Tabron. Every mm-hmm. significant transformation that has happened to me, for me, in my educational path has been with the support of a Black woman teacher. Yeah. And that's critical for me. Um, yeah oh that just brought me so much joy (laughs) every single one like I've been a learner my whole life but whenever I made whenever something changed really substantial that boosted me up to my next level it was because one of those teachers um did something for me that was next level Mm. so yeah I mean I, I I love all of that 
Um, it, it's it's just in my experience, you know, but starting with my first black woman teacher, my mother, Janet Adams, going, mm. you know, I could name them in elementary. Unfortunately, didn't have as many in high school because I moved to Colorado from Atlanta. So <laughs> that changed up quite. That, that's something that comes up in every episode about how Kevin is in Colorado, but he's from Atlanta, but he's also a Nuggets oh, fan. So I am a Nuggets fan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But Adam, can you tell us about like what? Why was it important for you to choose to kind of center on black women educators? Sure. I mean, it's no secret I'm a white guy from the from the suburbs, right? So you know, I, I know, I know. As as people have seen the film, and then they meet me, and then they're like, "Wait, what's what's going on? Like, how did this? How did this?" We were come? expecting Viola Davis. We were expecting <laughs> you know, Ava DuVernay. <laughs> I, I, you know. Truthfully, you know, it wasn't a conscious choice. It was a matter of circumstance, right? That was uh, the story that I was presented with and I was able to tell. Um, and, uh, you know, to all of your points, like what was going on in that building was truly amazing. And once I was in that position, um, I tried to not even look at it from a race perspective. I tried to look at it as look at, look at, Look at what these human beings are doing, you know, the selflessness, the love and the care. Um, and I think it was important to, especially because I'm a white person, to uh, come come at it from that perspective, right? From a human perspective that we can all relate to. You know, I connected with Kanga because she loves her her daughter and I love my kids. And I saw how she how she treated her students the same way that she treated her daughter. And it just touched me so deeply. And uh, I can't tell you how many hours I sat in front of these computers just like bawling because of the selflessness. And um, yeah, like I, that was what captivated me. You know, I, I almost didn't, I didn't even notice that all of the mm. characters were all black females until you called it out. Like, I mean, it obviously that's what it was, but I didn't notice because I didn't I didn't want to approach it from that perspective, right? I wanted to approach it from a human perspective so that anybody who sees this film can relate to what's going on and to relate with the desire to provide kids with adequate teachers that can help them grow and be productive citizens. So that's you know, that's kind of where I was coming from. That's dope. That's dope. I, I think even even if that wasn't what was you know in your immediate, I love how you explain that too. Um, I I would like to, with Kevin's permission, confer upon you status of uh, John Brown white person. Uh, so <laughs> we're we're there's a short I list can, of John Brown I white people that me and Kevin know. Do you concur? <laughs> yeah. So these are these are the white folks who would raid Harper's Ferry with us if if the if the opportunity arose. So I be, I believe that Adam, you are you're that person. Yeah, right. you are that person. Thank you. <laughs> Honored. Kev has something probably smarter to say than I do right now. No, no. I, I mean, oh, all right. I mean, I think that's important. I think um, an important part of what you noted, Adam, is looking at the humanness of the story, right? And I think that's part of anti-racism, you know, and, um, the, that as Black educators, we, we, we have ups and downs, 
we don't we we don't always walk on water, but we don't always in a rut, you know. Like we are real people, not always <laughs> doing real work, you know. And um, I think that's important, and I think it's important, really, in this day and age, to always humanize black women because I think black women are constantly dehumanized. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. So when I get, to... I, I feel like even oh, if sorry, it wasn't ahead. purposeful, yeah, even if it wasn't purposeful, um. So I, I'm, I'm just surrounded by really amazing Black women, right? And I think that that was one of the first things that they all noticed because representation, I know we say it all the time, but it truly matters. Mm-hmm. And uh, whether we're aware of it or not, uh, when you're not consistently represented and you see yourself, you pause. And, and so I think in not being purposeful and it just kind of coming about uh, made it really rich and authentic. Uh, but I don't think that there's a there's a black woman around me or or to be honest, a woman of color around mm-hmm. me that that wasn't one of the first comments was um, all the shades of brown looked really beautiful. Yes. Hmm. yes. I love that. Yeah, I'm thinking about I'm thinking about how much more diverse my department in in human resources is than um, any school that I ever taught in. And it it is that energy that's so beautiful. Um, So one of the things that that I think was powerful for me was how the film just really unflinchingly portrays kind of the wholeness of being a teacher. Mm -hmm. Um, The fatigue there's a you know there's a whole thing about just the exhaustion teacher tired is real um supporting children through trauma and pain and just that overall status and Kange, your your vulnerability and honesty is is really powerful and it comes through in this um why why was it important to include those parts of this work because I felt it was that important, right? I felt it was that important. To a selfish extent, I needed it for myself. I, I really needed um, to validate why I woke up and I decided to change an entire course of life. Um, and once that settled in and it kept going, <laughs> the filming, um, I realized how much I needed, man, when Adam tells you, like, I love my daughter, I think he knows right now that I'm like holding back tears. If you notice, I haven't talked about her because that's just the topic that I don't do good in. Um, that's that's exactly yeah, it. I just really don't. Um, I consistently want her to see her mom uh, being everything. And when I say everything, it is um, the perfection of what it is to be me. Um, and also the imperfection of it. I, I want her to grow into this woman that feels very safe uh, existing as is. Uh, I I knew that she would stumble on it at a given time. And I wanted her to watch it and say, that's my mom. Like who she lives with, who she grows with, who she interacts with. Um, for her to say that, like, that's who she is. Like, that's just who she is. And to not see this as um, a project. Uh, there were moments in the film that I really would prefer that nobody saw. Like, 
there were a lot, but I would really prefer that nobody saw. Um, but I feel really at peace at the fact that she will see that and without doubt know um that that's me. Like that's 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 me. And I don't think that yeah. I could have done it well had I thought it all the way through. Like I had to just kind yeah. of jump in and um yeah. and be. Well, I'm glad you did. <laughs> yes. Yes. Just to add to that, you know, going back to like the misconceptions about teachers and the profession, I, I thought it was important to show, to be authentic and to show the reality uh, yep. versus, you know, some sort of narrative or like feel good, you know, um, anthem uh that yeah. people will like like on We're Facebook. Trying to dangerous minds this thing. <laughs> yeah, you know, like th that whatever. So I I feel like if there's if there's you know a path to change, it's 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 through honesty and looking looking at things through an honest lens, looking at the reality of the situation. And unless you confront that and know what it is, you can't fix the problem. And so I'm so grateful that Congo was trusted me with her story and to be able to to show it uh in in a respectful but also impactful way you know because i, I think it's important amazing so adam and conga you guys have made this wonderful film what what are your hopes like? What are your hopes about this film going forward? And Kaga, you mentioned some about like, you know, what your daughter sees. But what are what are your what are y'all's hopes about this film? Well, I'll you know I I think I set out with the hope of shining a light on you know the teacher shortage and the conditions that are leading to it, um, but. You know, over time, um, it's just, it's not, I don't want to say it's grown on me, but it's, it's, it's become personal, you know, like, because uh, I've put so much, I don't know, I just feel like so much is riding on it. And um, I feel obligated to continue down this path to continue to, to, you know, not only tell Congo's story, but other future stories. Um, because like I said, this is not a one and done thing, right? People have uh, short attention spans. And, uh, <laughs> you know, if, if there is to be any type of change or movement, you need to be in people's faces. It's unfortunate that's the reality. You know, I, I tell people that outside of food and water, uh, content is the number one thing we consume. And if, yep. if you want to win hearts and minds, you know, I feel like that's the game that you need to be playing. Not that it's a game, it's not, but like, let's be real about the situation and how people consume or spend their time. And, you know, I think traditional uh, philanthropy or whatever, you know, I think, I think it only works to a certain extent. I think until you can touch people on a deep and personal level, and get people to to collectively do something um you're not going to see any change um and so i think you know it requires a massive effort um that would go beyond just this film 
Yeah, the um, the, the I would say that definitely the film and the teaching profession are not a game, but you know, getting a buzz going. Um, there's a strategy to it, right? There's a there's a way to to get folks excited about it. Um, how about you, Kaza? Yeah. So first of all, I love this question, and I feel like um, I love this question. I'm gonna sit on that for just a second. I had a student, um, it was two weeks ago, and it's one of my sixth graders. Um, I was like rushing on the first floor. I had a million things to do, and I knew I had a million things to do, and she was sitting next to her locker, um, head down, and um, everybody else was in the classroom. And then so I have like one of two decisions. I can either run and go do what I need to do, yep, yep. or fully delayed and I'm about to handle whatever's in front of me. Um, so I went towards her, I sat down next to her and I said, um, like classic black female teacher. So we're not doing class today. And so <laughs> she looked back at me like, are we serious right now? And we go at it for a second. Um, finally realizing that there's more to this than the desire to not go to class. Um, so I take her into my room and we're sitting down, um, and I'm asking every question. I mean, every question. And this girl just will not answer me. Uh, so finally I was like, can you write me what you want to say? So I hand her a piece of paper and a pen and she starts writing. Um, and she's telling me why she's not feeling the greatest and she's crying. Um, and what she was writing me about was the fact that mom could only do her hair halfway and couldn't finish it. Mm -hmm. And she felt so afraid to walk into her homeroom and have the others see her. Yep. And she knew who would make fun of her immediately. Mm -hmm. And I sat there um, trying to like kind of hold it together um, because I think she's, absolutely stunning and the last thing that I was looking at was her hair because all of her was just absolutely stunning to me and you're trying to get a sixth grader to believe this and they're like mm -hmm. no you don't you're nope. not getting it and it finally hit me that whatever I'm saying won't matter um I had my hair in a ponytail I took my ponytail holder out now my hair looks like a mess and I fixed hers real quick and I pulled her together and I brought her to my desk and I was like, look at yourself. Do you feel like you're doing better? And she's like, mm -hmm. I'm like, okay, so I'll look like this today and you'll look like that today and we'll see what happens. And I see her throughout the day and she's seeing people look at me and my students are a little too raw for me. And they're like, Miss Honga, I need you to go ahead and, and I'm like, I'm good. Okay, I'm, I'm good, good today. I'm good <laughs> today. And I feel like that story for me is my purpose with this film at this point. Yep. It is for the right kid. Um, oh, Adam, I swear you shouldn't put me in these situations because I feel like I'm two seconds away from crying. <laughs> like the right kid to look at this and be like, man, there's teachers who like love me. Like there's teachers who are like willing to do anything for me. Yep. And there's teachers who think that like, I am beautiful and I'm amazing and I am special and will sacrifice 
all the adult priorities to deal with why me and my sixth grade self am not working today. And then from the adult perspective, I'm hoping that like the right teachers see the film, right? So the right teachers are like, oh, that's why I did this. I swear, I don't cry this much. And I hate the fact that like constantly crying about teaching, like it makes no sense. Like I really don't cry this much as like a human being. (laughs) But I think, I mean, I think it, it does really indicate what, what this, how this work is lived, not just how the work is, is completed. Right. Um, that teaching, you know, and, and as I try to be as honest and positive as I can with, with the baby teachers in my district, um, I am always saying, yeah, man, this, like, this profession is no joke. This profession will, find ways to eat away at your deepest insecurities mm-hmm. but it's also you and and that's one thing I just I, that's one thing I do miss about um having left the classroom is that the students are always they're there there's no end to the amount of love that young people can receive and and they reciprocate it like I went through a really difficult time this summer as a, as a leader. And, um, what, what I didn't have was those students coming in just to say, what's up, just to make fun of my shoes, just to like be around me and be goofy. And so, um, I just appreciate you sharing all that. Um, so, um, I want to move to, so two dope nation, um, I'm saying two dope nation, we mob deep. Um, we have, there are many citizens in the two dope nation. Anybody who wants, we have open borders. Uh, there are certain people who do not like our flexible policies of allowing people in, um, two dope nation loves to support things like this. Um, and particularly when it comes to elevating, amplifying, rejoicing in the experiences of educators of color in the communities that we serve. So Adam, I know that you're hope you are hoping to start crowdfunding and doing some stuff that will really make more work possible for teachers. Do you want to do you want to talk about this campaign and what it is that you're hoping you're able to accomplish through it? Sure. So I'm in all, in all honesty, you know, I've I've been managing you know not only the making of this film but like the promotions. It's all been me you know yep. so I have a one-man band and so yep. uh I've got that I've, Instagram message on our social media and I'm like dude this sounds great let's do it <laughs> <laughs> and so you know I I I get ideas and then I and then I and then I change them and I get ideas and so you know I'm I'm working through what this campaign is going to look like and awesome. um I'm still not 100% sure what it's gonna what it what it is um, but I do want to base it around these community screenings. And so what I would ask or what I, where I would point people to is to the website, to the teacherdocumentary.com website. Um, and uh, what I'm going to do is sell screening packages uh, that are designed for schools, school boards, PTAs. Um, and encourage people to host their own community screenings. Um, and along with these packages, you know, I'll include a discussion guide um, to help kind of spark 
the right kind of conversation, right? Um, and allow for people to start talking about the issues that are facing their schools on a local level and encouraging them to get involved. So I think, you know, my focus right now is prioritizing um, these packages and getting them out to as many schools or like I said, school boards, PTAs as possible to just start building awareness. Um, I hope, I, I do hope for a larger campaign uh, next year that would culminate in, in during Teacher Appreciation Week. I'd love to go, I'd love to tour with the film uh, as well. Um, but in, in, in the short term, I think the focus is just these screening packages and taking it one step at a time. Yeah, well, I, I'm, I was definitely um, not stalking our superintendent um, for the last few days um, <laughs> to do this. Uh, shout out, Dr. Marrero. You listen to the podcast. You hear what is happening. We got to make this happen in Denver Public Schools. Um, so, yeah, and we will link the the website um, in, in the show notes for this episode. Um, I think it'd be also great to... Um, you know, just it, it'd be great if folks can, you know, check out the film and then, um and let's let's get some good eyes on it. Uh, where can people see the film and you know do that stuff? So the film is available on Amazon Prime uh, for rent or purchase. Um, so that's the easiest way to see it. Um, and then, like I said, yeah, the I'm hoping the screening packages um, will be. Uh, a path forward but yeah if you if you're interested in seeing the film uh amazon prime is the place to to go and y'all it is so good it is so good like like if you're like me and you endured hard times and beautiful times as a teacher you sort of hesitate to watch teacher documentaries because there is that secondary man i'm reliving this but i will tell you that that it is watch it because it is to me it's a it's 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 a love letter to the profession and um you know i i just really appreciate it um we're not done yet we do have one extremely important question um that's kind of a a teacher documentary spin on uh what we normally do here on the show kevin take it away i'll take it away so here's what we want from y'all and this is like it's like our tradition, um, our question, our go-to, our big final finale. It's really important. Uh, but like we said, like Gerardo said, we we've changed it up in honor of teachers. So here's the question, and then I'm gonna give you some parameters so you can play with it, uh, or you can stick to like how it is. But here's the question: We want each of your top five teachers now. These can be famous teachers, fictional teachers, folks outside of the teaching profession, little known, well known, but five teachers that you think have significantly impacted you, right? Uh, personally, directly, indirectly, um, influence your style. Um, and, and again, we always have with this question because, you know, we are not hierarchical. It could be like, nope. these are five. They are all like at the same level for me. It could start out. This is our number one. These are one. the five I remember right now. <laughs> this is my number five. This list could change immediately after you leave this call. Yep. <laughs> it could change tomorrow. It's a you snapshot. Have, 
you can have multiple ties. You can have like three number uh, threes, right? Um, you can play with it. You can add additional. You could go beyond five. But this, this, that's it. So so these are the parameters. Do you guys have any questions? The parameters are that there are no parameters. <laughs> we do it. So, uh, I'll, I'll, you know, modeling is really important in teaching, right? So I'll model by saying in my top five is definitely the eminent Donnie L. Betts. Um, Donnie is a local um, actor, filmmaker, theater dude who um, who I believe brought Black theater to Denver, Colorado. Um, he formed in, uh, a theater troupe called the Olympians, and he has a podcast you also check out called uh, Destination Freedom. And um, when I was a 14-year-old freshman, I was sitting outside the auditorium at the Manual High School, and, and he came out and he says, what are you doing? And I said, uh, I don't know. And uh, Donnie's like, well, come be in a play. And I was like, <laughs> okay. So um, I got up, I went in, I acted in my first play, and was a theater kid for four years. And Donnie uh, was not a teacher at our school. Um, he was a parent who had volunteered for the theater department and um but and i saw him a couple weeks ago and his impact on me as a mentor and as a teacher i will never forget so that's an example of how you can take it it can be classroom teachers kid adult all that kind of stuff so um we can do this a couple of different ways we can go back and forth so each of you picks one at a time or we can have somebody rattle off their five and then and then go from there Adam, I'm going to let you start in whatever format you take. I'm going to take the same. Okay. There you go. Um, all right. Well, I will start with uh, with my high school English teacher, Mr. Perillo. Uh, he was uh, one of the few teachers that really uh, called me on my BS, I guess, and challenged <laughs> me, uh, you know, uh, to really uh explore my potential right to really work hard mm. and take things seriously um and in high school that's not easy to do and uh he just had a real candid way of talking to students um that i think uh allowed me to connect with him in a more real level um and so that stuck with me and so that would how be do you my... spell his last name uh, P-A-R-I-L-L-O. I hope, to be honest. It's, really? it's been a while. <laughs> Sorry, we will, we'll, we'll make sure that, um, yeah, whatever we'll make sure of, we'll make sure of. I could keep going <laughs> if you would like. Um, yes, because I'm still thinking it through. Okay, so my second teacher uh, is a fictional character, and it's, it's my second Rocky reference, and I'd have to go with Rocky's trainer, Mickey. Um, Yo, oh my gosh, yes. <laughs> Good teacher. Good teacher. Uh, who, you know, had a rough style, uh, but oh, it came from a good place. Um, so yeah, it, it would be it would be Mickey. Um, and then my third choice uh, would be the author Robert Greene. Uh, so I've read a lot of his work recently, and he he writes a lot about human behavior, psychology, and, you know, uses a lot of historical references of how, you know, 
things went down in history and how they were orchestrated and how people, man, you know, manip not necessarily manipulated situations, but just an incredible uh, deep dive into human behavior. And um, mm -hmm. so that would be my third teacher. Um, I like this Kanga. list so far. Kanga, how, how are we doing over there? Uh, you know what? I, I feel like it's going back at me, so I'm ready. I'm ready. Um, so my first one, this is like an instant. The second I heard the question, I said, oh, my first one are my parents. I yes. am really obsessed with my parents. Um, I'm not sure if they're as obsessed with me, but I'm very obsessed with them. Um, they are. Yes. They are. <laughs> they used to... Um, literally find out what books we would be using in a class and this started so I, I started first grade in the U.S. so that was my first year here and they would find out what books we were going to use and then they would figure out how to access the book and pay for it and then they would buy it and I would have a book at school and a book at home and they I took it very it. seriously so um and I loved it like I feel like all the way through high school I got into the habit of placing my homework on our dining room table, knowing that realistically nobody was going to look at it, but they just created this pattern for me that I just kept going with it. Um, nice. So they were definitely, definitely. Did my favorite. homework. Here it is. I just, you know, <laughs> I did it. I did it. And I just kept doing it. I did it all the way through senior year. It just really didn't matter. Like I, I liked it and it felt good. Um, second teacher. Man, y'all, I really thought I was a patient person. And then the universe huh? said, you will be a mother. And yes. I said, okay, yes. yeah. And, and so I would say my daughter, she Love is like, that. she has taught me patience and has taught me that um, I was reading the cliff notes and she's the real book. So yep. um, mm. yeah, yeah, she's a whole different level of teaching um yeah, that resonates my, with me like the as soon as I became a parent my identity as a teacher changed oh completely yep. completely yep. completely yep. I I love differently because of her yeah I was just um, a dad like I'm not not even a mom just a dad <laughs> my third one would be picking like a teacher teacher Mr. Harding Mr. Harding was my teacher in all throughout high school um, and I swear, like I figured out school, right? I figured out exactly how to get either an 89.6 or a 90.1. <laughs> like I just figured it out. And that was all I was going to give you. Cause I just needed it to say, Hey, I was good. Yep, That's all yep, I was yep, going to yep. give you. And just like Adam <laughs> said, this was the teacher that truly called me out on my BS. And was like, this is it. And I was like, what are you talking about? I gave you an A. Um, and he really kind of pushed me in a way that I wasn't comfortable with. Um, and the discomfort was exactly what I was needing. So he is number three. Adam, you want to give your last two and then I'll I'll take it back. Sure. So I'll I'll mirror uh I mean I would say I wouldn't say uh kids as well, but I would I, I would go with my mom next my mom was a single mom and so she taught me a lot about perseverance and I think uh, I love and care for my kids the way that she did for me so I, I definitely got that from mm. her um, and then my last teacher 
is abstract and it's the greatest teacher of all, that would be failure. I have learned so much. Ooh, I love what you did there. Through uh, all of my failures. And um, yeah, I think that's the greatest teacher of all. There you go. Man. Oh, I love that. That's an exclamation point. Yeah. Is it not, though? But can I make it a comma real quick? Um, Yep. So I, I <laughs> yes. absolutely, absolutely adore that. And and the same light. So this is so funny because really, um, you know, when you have that one kid who's like, no, really, I was going to say this. And you're like, really? <laughs> just <saying. laughs> uh, But really, I was going to say this, right? So I would say that my last two teachers um, are love and loss. And I feel like the older I get, um, Man, the more I'm intrigued, the more I am in awe, and the more that I am humbled by the concept of loving unconditionally um, and losing. I just, I'm, I'm okay with it. And I think that the only way that you can become okay with both uh, is by letting both teach you. Yep. That's important. That's important. <laughs> All of it. I love, yes, I love, I love those lists. I love those lists. It's one of uh, my, one of my good friends, uh, Sarah Weifel's 2021 um, Arizona teacher of the year and in, in my cohort um, has a t-shirt that she's still supposed to get me at some point, but it says everyone's story includes a teacher. And um, I just think that that's just such a beautiful truth. And I, I love how y'all, took this into this kind of like spiritual plane like just super beautiful and I and I honestly um I'm not exaggerating even a little bit this um this this conversation has been a spiritual experience for me thank you thank you I love that I love when humans connect you guys don't understand when I got on here I was like oh I am tired yep and right now (laughs) I'm sitting here and I'm like oh my spirit needed this I needed this. Stay. I needed human connection. I mean, this uh, this podcast, me and Kevin, this is our eighth year doing this podcast. And I think the thing that we always remember is that no matter what space we're in, no matter um, how hard, how tired, how stressed, how overwhelmed, like just being connected to people and having these conversations, just it's it's rejuvenating. Kev, wouldn't you say so? Isn't it rejuvenating to see me, Kevin? It- it uh yes always <laughs> always but i mean like meeting I dope people connecting and and hearing the stories and i think you know this podcast grows out of the feeling that you are not alone as a as a black or brown educator you know that there are others of us out there and we're going through it and we can help each other get through it yeah we're always here so folks uh we're gonna we're gonna wrap up in a second but Remember that the um, the film is Teacher. It's a documentary you can find on Prime. Um, you should buy it because buying things from creators is important. I'm going to go and grab it. Um, go again. and cop it. I'm going to cop it. Um, you can um, you you can watch it and just like let us know what do you think about it and you know um, really consider having some watch parties because I think that could be a blast. So all right, so the way we take the show out is I ramble like I ramble the whole show, but I ramble at the end. 
I'll do my thing. Um, I'll shout all y'all out. And then on my cue, we will all say stay dope together. And we'll, and we'll try to do that. So we'll just say stay dope together. Just, so just two say stay dope in unison. Not stay dope together. Oh. <laughs> no, we don't say together. That that's right. When was that ever a question? Like I'm just Kevin, saying, Kevin when is... you said it, it kind of sounded like that. But I've always said it like okay. Um. So, <laughs> man, telling me how to do my thing. Four. Adam Gotska, filmmaker of the teacher documentary at Production House Films. For this amazing educator being that we have with us right now, Kangsa. For my guy, Kevin Adams, first in our hearts, first in our minds. And um, I'm Gerardo Munoz reminding you to stay strong, stay resilient, stay in touch with the things that matter to you. Stay in touch with those powerful teachers in your life, whether it be love, loss, failure, Mickey from Rocky. Um, stay connected, stay encouraged, stay taking care of your spirit. But above all, beyond everything, make sure that you always stay dope. Attention, please, attention, please, dedicated educators of Two Dope Nation. As this school year gets underway, now is the perfect time to take control of your financial future. We understand that being an educator requires an incredible amount of time and effort during the school year. So now is the best time to prioritize your finances before the school year gets completely out of hand. Am I right? So I want to introduce you to a trusted financial advisor who specializes in working with educators like us. Meet Alex Sierra, a certified financial planner with Cetera Investors. Alex provides educators with planning for our most important financial milestones. He has a deep understanding of the important strategies related to teachers in our retirement, the school pension system, and retirement programs specifically for us. Imagine heading into this upcoming school year and the years to come with confidence, knowing that your finances are in order. By taking time now to work with Alex, you can lay a solid foundation for your financial goals and secure a brighter future. Don't let the busyness of the school year hold you back from achieving your financial dreams. Visit Alex's website at www.toriandalex.cetarainvestors.com slash tudope, spell out, to schedule an initial virtual consultation. And here's the best part. Mention the discount code 2DOPE during your first consultation to receive a 25% discount on their subscription-based financial planning packages. Take this opportunity to invest in your financial well-being before the school year kicks into high gear. Click the link in the description section of the podcast for more information about Alex and Cetera Investors. Remember, your financial success is just as important as your student's success. Let's start the school year on the right financial foot. 
Cetera Investors is the marketing name of Cetera Investment Services. Securities and insurance products are offered through Cetera Investment Services, LLC, doing insurance business in California as CFG STC Insurance Agency, LLC. Member, F-I-N-R-A-S-I-P-C. Advisory services are offered through Cetera Investment Advisors, LLC. California Insurance License Number 0L05650. Alexander Sierra, CFP is located at 605 East Huntington Drive, Suite 203, Monrovia, California 91016, and can be reached at phone number 626-408-1333, extension 306.